I love what you're doing. I love what you said you're gonna do, which is lead by example. If you're going, if it's time to go indoors and your kids aren't vaccinated, you are leaving them home. So you're you're leading by example of here's how we're gonna look out for how my family's gonna look out for your family. And and uh, I mean that's that's kind of the most we can do, right? To yeah, lead by example. For your protection, we're going to raise four little pagans who won't go to church for <laughs> God knows how long. It's four little godless creatures. <laughs> Welcome to episode 197 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in one of these pub theology pint glasses over the last few months. It's probably been a year now. Jesus, it's been a while. We have been uh, raising, helping to raise some fundage for NoKidHungry.org, a national organization that helps provide meals, meals for struggling families. So if you donate $25 or more to NoKidHungry.org, uh, send us proof of your donation. We will send you absolutely free of charge one of these buttes for you to enjoy your beer or whatever beverage you would like. Again, $25 or more, nokidhungry.org. Send us proof of donation. And we thank you. This week, we'll be talking about space travel, Facebook prayer posts, churches requiring vaccinations, and returning to in-person worship. Sounds like a, just a hell of a time, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. So, Brian, what are you drinking? All right. Well, I am going to uh, divert from the beer path and finish off my McAllen uh, 12 year single malt scotch whiskey. Nice. Very good. Very good. Logan, I, what are you having? I just realized it's Cinco de Mayo and I didn't bring my tequila up. <laughs> Dang it! Drop, drop the ball on that. I have me a, a uh, what is this? A fruit tart amp from Millie's Brewery. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Never heard of it. Uh, it's it says apricot, mango, and pineapple. So, yeah, I think it's a sourish ale. I was going to say I don't really love sour beers, but eh, they're, they're hit and miss. I will let you know. And then for my number two. Um, I'm still working my way through the, uh, Your the flying, or, or flying or your, dog, um, flying dog. Yeah. Bloodline, the blood orange ale. So I actually had a choice of grabbing that one. Um, but I didn't, and I was, I was actually going to make myself a mint julep for Derby last right. week, but uh, I didn't have time and didn't really want bourbon. I mean, not bourbon that way. Like I'll drink bourbon anytime, but I'm going with one of my favorites this time of year, which you've seen over and over again, but um, Union's Hefeweizen um, Mountain Girl. Classic. So, Tennessee Mountain Girl. Ah, I love that sound. 
So what's your favorite TV show or movie about space travel? Do you prefer ones that are more realistic and work within the current technology or ones that extrapolate into the future or are purely science fiction? If we extrapolate it into the future, isn't it science fiction? <laughs> well, some, I think maybe some are realistic. Like Star Wars, Star Trek. Yes, yeah, some are realistic future projections like going to Mars or something. And some are just like beyond the beyonds, as Shannon said. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so my two phase, uh, Star Trek Discovering, that that's a great show. Um, and on Amazon, there's one called The Expanse. Oh yeah. And and for me, I, it's a good show if the if the science doesn't get in the way, right? If yeah. the if if the if the 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 future technology supports the storyline as opposed to take away from the storyline and sometimes star trek discovery dances that line a little too close for me but in the expanse like i forget that i'm watching some dystopian future thing um be because of the way they utilize the 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 science the fictional part of the science it's just a really good series um and and good storyline and good characters um so yeah but that's that's where I am in terms of the two. So I'm I am um, I kind of have one in every category. Like I could name one in every category, I guess. Do it. So um, Apollo thirteen, the movie. Um, I do like just is again. So we you know we weren't. I, none of us were around for the moon landing and the you know acts that follow and things like that and and i think one of the things that i do with apollo 13 is um because i did i was a child and watched in my classroom the challenger blow up right like right. and i think that apollo 13 for me kind of scratches that emotional um feeling but without it being the challenger and so right. like reliving the trauma of it um so i think and and i just think it's a good i think it's a good movie you know i think it's a good um representation i don't know how accurate you know all of it is but i i like the i i like that but movie. it's a real historical thing that happened and you get this exactly. sort of inside look yeah yep yep and and again i i feel like i get to watch how there's this hope of like see but things can go wrong and they still get home and it be okay versus the challenger that was you know yeah. difficult and in for the opposite reason um obviously i am a uh star wars fan and yesterday was may the 4th and um yeah now i want to change my answers my answers <laughs> suck before. and today's may the sith and today's may the sith um revenge of the sith and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I've been a, I've been a Star Wars fan. Like, you know, it's funny, both Derek and I are huge Star Wars fans, like nerdily so. And um, it's really funny because for so many years I hid it because girls weren't allowed to like Star Wars. Uh -huh. It wasn't a thing when I was little. So like my brother loved it and I loved it and I watched it and I knew all the stuff, but like, it really wasn't until Derek came along that I got to like fully geek out on 
Star Wars and talk about all my theories and all my like randomness yes. and whatever. Um, the in-between though, I was trying to think of an in-between. Um, I can't, I can't really think of one right now, but those are my two, like yeah. the, the two ends of the spectrum for me. Nice. Nice. So where There's are you, a, Brian? Uh, well, the one that I love the most and it's sort of current is, uh, I think I've mentioned it to you both. It's called for all mankind and it's, mm-hmm. uh, Apple TV and it's, it's sort of like um, historical fiction in that it reenacts the, the the space race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, except in this storyline, Russia gets to the moon first, and right. that begins to alter all of the history that followed, even political history. And it's super fascinating because it's it feels so real, and it's some of the same, you know, historical figures that were involved in the Gemini and the Apollo missions and so forth, except it's a little different. <laughs> and, uh, and then for example, like Reagan gets elected in 76 instead of 80. Mm. And that sort of the, the space race really ramps up with the cold war once he is in office. And because the U S is angry that Russia landed on the moon first, we decide to make the first moon base where humans are living on oh. the moon. And then Russia also decides to make a base. So then there's this Cold War happening on Earth and Cold War on the Moon. And it and it's, I think, terrific actors, a compelling storyline. And it feels so realistic, yet it's a history that never happened. So it's really, really interesting to me. What is what is the point of these alternative history shows? Like there was that, so you got that one, you got the man in the high castle. Man in the high you know, castle, yeah. If, if yep, Germany yep. had won World War right. II instead. <clears throat> like what's what's the point? Is the point to make us appreciate more that that we won or we were the first? Is the point to like sneakily get us to go research the real history? Yeah, I, it's or, a good question, Ogan. Or, I think yeah, it's it's almost like we get to see what a divergent reality with just a few right. things in history happening differently, what our world might have looked like. And that's just like the curiosity factor for me just loves that. And really how close it all was to being that way, yes. right? I mean, both of those instances, how just so close it was. Um, I, by the way, I thought of my middle one, which... yes isn't really a middle it's actually way more on the star wars side but it was uh but contact oh, um yeah. i love yeah, but I, I know what you mean though but it's it's, it's kind of in that middle like it has some real science to it but was that the also, jodie foster one the jodie foster yes. one oh, and yeah. matthew mcconaughey and you know um but i really um i just thought that was such a beautiful interesting it it opened up so many like yeah. i didn't I wasn't like some disciple of it, but Carl Sagan, I think, is just a really interesting gene, was a genius and just in many ways really fascinating. So I just I I felt like that it didn't just open up space conversation questions, it opened up spiritual conversation questions. Absolutely. And, you know, I really liked that about the movie. And of course I was in high school then, so it was perfect to show and watch and you know talk about and those kind of things yeah. and we can't forget the classic introspection of uh space balls like <sighs> i mean of course come on and there's there's a new uh movie that just came out on netflix called stowaway and that's yeah, about that. a journey to mars and that's that's pretty well done yeah 
So if you had a chance to experience space travel via a private company like SpaceX, would you? Why or why not? L to the yes. Ah, <laughs> you're I'm, on board. I am on board. Absolutely. Listen, I have to say, if I have, if I get the chance to travel in general with a private company, I'm on board. Like there's some good personal travel things that us plain folk don't get to experience. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I think I'd be like those folks who are kind of uh, wait and see with the vaccine. I think I'd be wait and see with uh, yeah. sort of private citizens going to space. Let, let's let's see a few iterations of that, how safe it is, what their experience was. Well, it's, listen, it's, it's safe. We sent people to space before and the death rate is tremendously low. One, know, but one, two. But they were very trained specifically I, for that. And, and that's the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> the fact of the matter is we are horribly not trained for that. So, of course, it's going to be very uncomfortable for us. Yes. And can you imagine yourself on the launch pad on how many hundreds of gallons of fuel and they're about to light that thing on fire? I mean, again, is... again, they have a really good success rate at this. But come on. Just... I mean, we're, you know we're at the point now where we're the point now where we're reusing those vehicles that That's went true. up again. Like right. They just it's, go ahead. It's, it's, no, I was just gonna say it's actually not that for me. It's it's the idea of not being able to go outside like being trapped in a uh, no matter how big and i'm not really claustrophobic but i think there's an element of like wait we don't get to spacewalk you, you don't, well i mean but <laughs> like extra. you don't just get to open like there's that's where i'm like freedom <laughs> you know like um, but wait you already do this on planes right you don't but just open a, the door for a short period of time i would have to be in a vehicle go up to space then I would have to get, I would be in another building or vehicle or something. Right. Like you can't just be. You're going to orbit for how many? So, so from what I understand of what they're looking to do with these private, uh, sorry, these, you know, public space travel things with private company, you're not, you're not going to the space station on vacation. You're not staying up there for weeks on end. It's a short yeah. trip, right? It's a, it's a short trip. And you're basically going to like, you know, you the more high the 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 like upper 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 levels of the atmosphere where yeah. technically yes no gravity but you not we're not talking deep space travel here You're not going so, i would yeah. i would love to see it of course i would i would love to see the earth from space i would love to see space in general and the stars and the darkness and i i have Absolutely. always since a child been fascinated with photos from you know NASA's photos and the the Hubble telescopes and all of it. I I, I would we were putting on a spacesuit. How cool would that feel? We are as well. As, Not cool. As long as, I, as long as I got the whole like you know go to the bathroom thing worked out. Like, <laughs> can I can I pee in my spacesuit? Yes. But you know we were we were promised jetpacks and flying cars, and we are way Listen, overdue. We're we're a little behind. I'm on board you with know. the flying yeah. cars. I don't think yeah. that. Generally, I don't know that we can be trusted with them. That's a whole other thing, right? I, I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely, personally, I don't feel like that's going to happen for us. I don't even know that it's going to be able to happen for our children. But oh. I could be completely wrong. I really could. I think we'll get the jet packs first. There, there are enough jet packy things out there right. happening right now um, that that we've seen videos of, um, and 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 the. Uh, 
you know, the prohibitive costs over time will, of course, come down. Yeah. Uh, but we will have that way before we have flying cars. Listen, we could barely be trusted with the cars that don't get off the ground. I don't know that. I don't know the I humanity. I want self-driving cars before we go to flying cars. Okay, let's just <laughs> right. one thing at a time. Okay, one thing exactly, at a time. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Facebook is testing out new prayer post as an option for a subset of users in the U.S. In introducing it, Facebook writes, "You may enable group members to ask for and respond to prayers in a post." What are your thoughts about a social media company creating an explicitly religious aspect to their platform? I think that they are just trying to figure out a way to make more money. <laughs> we, we, we already see that churches, I mean, for how many years have churches been taking prayer requests on Facebook, right? I, I was going to say, what I was like, decades. how is this different, different than from a post? Typing because, a prayer request in Because a post. now they get to dip their fingers in the kitty. Somehow they're going to monetize this some way because and that's bet, what they always do. I bet the response has changed to like the, you know, a hand prayer. You know, instead of like and love and everything else, it'll be prayer specific responses. Prayer hands. So we've already kind of co-opted the compassion, right? The, or the care one, the one the that, yeah. the one that hugs the heart. We've like, that also kind of means prayers right now. Yes. And I, I like it better than like folding hands. Cause I think it's a beautiful, like message of prayer without being explicitly religious. Yep. Um, my, my favorite post about Facebook was it Derek that posted it today that he says, Instagram, I wish you weren't connected to Facebook. You're like, you're like the best friend whose husband is a total, uh, is a total wreck and you still got to hang out with him <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. You need to split again. I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't looked at my husband's Facebook post today, so I don't know. There's a, yeah, I, I think if Facebook's getting into it, it's explicitly around making money. And, and I, I have a, I have, uh, I, yeah, I have a extremely growing, although it was pretty healthy before skepticism of Facebook and, um, so you hear the, are you aware of the latest battle between Facebook and Apple now? Right. Cause oh. in Apple's, yes. in Apple's latest iOS update, it allows you, it makes you have to opt in to be tracked by by, by the different apps, apps right? Or by apps, all by apps, apps by apps, period. Yep. So before you always had the option to opt out, but we're we are just like by default lazy. So we ain't going through all those screens and so on to opt out of being tracked. Now the privacy thing is you have to opt in and by default you're not being tracked. And Facebook has this whole campaign. Like because if they can't well, track you, they can't target ads and they can't make money. And, and here's what's interesting about that though, is that they have the same, they have the same lawsuit with Apple as they do with Android because Android's about to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they're saying they're, the, the root of their lawsuit is, is that it's a monopoly and they shouldn't be able to do that. And I'm like, wait, you're showing two different companies for having them and not like that's actually the anti-definition of monopoly. <laughs> And, and not, yeah, and the monopoly suing for monopoly suing the company to saying they're right, they're monopolies, right? right? Like, yes. And 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 what's really insid not insidious but shameful almost is their their claim or or the way they're presenting their argument is if you do this, you are hurting small businesses because small businesses use targeted ads to get their customers 
and therefore how could you punish the little person uh, doing their small business like this and i'm like are you are bit. you shitting me right now come so on I'm, i want to i i actually i want to go back to the question for a second but the last thing i will say about this is have you ever gone on to your ads part and seen what facebook like w the categories they think you are have you ever done that yeah so like i facebook <laughs> thinks i am a black woman it thinks i'm an asian woman it thinks i'm a like something um like south american man like for like pages i've liked or think like, mm -hmm. like it takes all your groups and your likes and like in my top whatever and like that's how it shows the ads it's it's actually hysterical i totally recommend you so go look. It, I, I didn't know you could look at that that's yeah you can look profile. at what they think you are what they think yeah. you Gotta dig dig deep in the privacy settings, but is yeah. the whole thing around that. It's there. It's there. But I I here's here's my issue with uh, some kind of specific prayer post idea, right? And and that is one. And again, we we all said this first. How's this different? People ask for prayers for us all the time. I've asked for prayers in a Facebook post. I know you all have. Like, right. and and people have asked me in Facebook Messenger or on you know any kind of wall for prayers how is this different my not only is it okay yeah there's another way to make money but like i really do worry about the type of people that would be exploited by that kind of post wow. and it's so interesting to me that our conversation just went to advertising right, right. so if i put up a sp specific prayer post mm -hmm. about something let's say that I broke my foot, am I all of a sudden going to start getting posts and advertisement? Like, that's, that's what I meant. That's where I was yes, going with the, yes. with the making money. That's what's going to happen. So no, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with it. And I also, I mean, where I would really like, they can do whatever they want. I don't, uh, on one hand, I don't care. They can do whatever they want. On the other hand, like, no, I'm not comfortable. I won't use it. Let me put it that way. But on the other hand, if they start making it somehow Christian centric, I'm going to have a real problem with that. Yes. You know, yes. that's where you've crossed a line. For sure. So that Agreed. that's the other thing that is the danger. Um, so American Magazine, which is a Catholic publication, noted in a recent article that churches should require vaccinations in order to attend mass. Quote. Churches have an ethical obligation to protect the health of the clergy, the staff, and the worshipers. One of the highest risk settings for contracting COVID-19 is a large closed space containing many people. It is morally irresponsible for churches to invite people to worship and receive the sacraments without taking all effective steps to minimize this risk. Should faith communities mandate vaccinations in order for people to join in worship? If not, how should they talk about it to their communities? Mm, vaccine passport, uh, right this way, or as much as uh, as much as I would hate to use the Catholics as an example of ethics, um, I, <laughs> I I think this kind of sort of have a point. <laughs> they're onto something they 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 sort of have a point it's you know it's weird because and and you know brian you mentioned the the vaccine passports and i don't i don't know i individually i want to know that now for the rest of the year into next year if i go to a church service a concert 
something where there's a large group of people, I would love to know that everybody in there has been vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Um, Because because COVID and we know what COVID does. We know how it spread. We knows we we, we know we know that, you know, I could be carrying it even vaccinated and affect somebody else. Like we know all this. So the, so if there's some way I know that we can really significantly reduce the risk of endangering other people, I am, I want to be okay with that. Yes, of course we get into the whole, you know, HIPAA privacy, all that sort of stuff. And unfortunately, I wish I could say we can trust humans to self select themselves and go, I didn't get vaccinated. I'm going to stay home. But we know we can't trust human beings as much as we want to. <laughs> right. And talk about like, you know, the conflict that churches, uh, especially I think like ours are the kinds of churches we appreciate who are really trying to be uh, welcoming to all kinds of folks and inclusive yeah. and, and all of that and not wanting to erect barriers from anyone to join us. Uh, how does that play in? Well, and and okay, this is a small percentage of people, but there are people who can't get vaccinated, right? So right, right. There, there, there still are. Now, I I am actually all for travel-wise a vaccine passport. That is, that is not unprecedented, right? We have, there are countries you cannot enter at this moment pre-COVID without certain vaccinations. Yep. That, that's, that's a normal- We've crossed regular, that bridge. Uh, traditional what's the, what's the language I'm looking for that's uh, you know the, that's it's an accepted practice, practice. Okay. an accepted practice thank yeah. you so if countries want to require that or if airlines want to require that before getting on a plane that seems reasonable to me church is I don't disagree with the sentiment right of of this quote or this okay. idea at all I don't disagree that it is our moral responsibility to protect as as the a clergy person and person who's in charge of staff. Like yeah. it is my ro- moral responsibility to protect staff. It is my moral responsibility to protect my congregation and my worshipers. And that, that has, I have felt that so deeply over the last 14 months to the point of keeping, making decisions that keep people out of the building, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, now. So maybe the workaround is church yeah. on a plane. <laughs> Airport Chapel. That's where we have it. There you go. There you go. So, thumbs, so thumbs I guess I guess where I come down, I wish that we could I think we have, honestly. We've talked so much about vaccination. Nobody nobody is really connecting the HIPAA with the church thing, like in, in my area. People, we didn't actually ask them directly, but they are more than happy to tell us if they've received the vaccine. Mm. Like it is, it is. Now we did the, our workaround to that has been: Would you like help getting an appointment? And they'll go, "No, I'm already vaccinated." And we go, "Okay, great." And then we check a little box on that. Uh, like, so you don't. So because I'm debating whether we ask people because we're regathering in June uh, for some outdoor services. I'm debating, do we ask people, are you vaccinated? And it won't be a, you can come in or not. It's just so we can say 90% of our worshipers, you know, generally are vaccinated. Does that seem appropriate to be able to ask people as they come in? Oh, here's where, here's where I'm There are churches that are, are. let me just say that. I Mm -hmm. I have 
churches that I work with or that I'm friends with that are explicitly asking, are you vaccinated? And I have churches that I know of that are saying, doing some in person and saying, you can't come if you're not vaccinated. How is this different than the mask mandate? Right. We made a mandate that we had to wear masks. Businesses put up signs, no mask, no entry. Churches have said if you those still have an in-person services, you want to worship in here. You got to wear a mask. And we put in we put in uh, restrictions on the number of people who can come in. Right. So and I mean, one difference is that you could have a box of masks and someone could still come in at that moment, whereas we don't have a pile of vaccines right. and wait so, two weeks. Nor so, does it work immediately. So right? the right. so the back right. So the backup then is, you know, to say we are open to you attend in service, right? And Online. <laughs> but also You can have a separate room, I guess. Have still have the box of masks. Yeah right still have the box of masks or just say we're deciding that until this country has reached herd immunity we still wearing masks for all our services regardless of if you're vaccinated all right we are doing plexiglass an area of the sanctuary (laughs) and we put the people who haven't been vaccinated inside the plexiglass it's an experiment there you go i don't here's the here's this is a, this is, we're making light of it, but this is such an important conversation yeah, it is. and I'm making light of it because I actually don't know how to talk about it. I really don't. I will, I want to fully admit something like I've encountered two people in the last week that refused to get vaccinated. And I, I literally can't, right. I, I am so upset by yeah. the idea that you're eligible, you're able, you're, and you're just literally unwilling. And, and it's so upsetting to me that I, I can't even engage. So I really am struggling with even how to have this conversation. So how does it sound if, if we were to say, we strongly recommend that only people who have had full vaccinations attend our in-person worship. We invite others to continue to join us online at this time. Is that too much? So it it's not too much, but but we also have to appeal to, I guess, for lack of a better term, Christian compassion, right? Mm-hmm. So we're as much as as much as the the idea of rugged American individualism <laughs> permeates throughout this country, we have to understand that we're a society, we're all connected to each other, right? So I think really we got to lead with a place from first, from the place of our goal, number one priority is your physical safety and health, right? And knowing what we know about COVID, what that looks like is you get vaccinated or you're wearing a mask. If you well, want to be part of this community, you know, part of your responsibility with great freedom comes responsibility. Yeah. So, so are you willing to take on the responsibility of keeping your brother and sister, your fellow community member as healthy as yeah. you want to be? So, so it's really put in, put in that on them not from a place of we're telling you what to do, but we want you to consider what is your part in keeping each other safe. And I know that's an argument that's falling on a lot of deaf ears, right? But but that's how I would approach it. Um, and as you said earlier, 
you still have a right to say, we're going to maintain this mask mandate until we reach herd immunity. And here's why we're doing it. Right. And it's not a big sacrifice to ask. It's not. It's not. Do I have no, to preach in a but mask? Here's, no, I take it off, actually, because I'm so far away from them. So we did one outdoor service. Yeah. So this is my only. So I've done one outdoor service. And the only other services I've done is, a, is funerals. And I'm so far, so indoors in a funeral, I preach in a mask and it's hard. Yeah. And I have to slow myself down and I have to make sure I breathe because it's not just about, there's a microphone, but it, it's not regular breathing. Public speaking isn't regular breathing, right? Yeah, right. Breathe differently. Um, but when I, when we're outdoors, I'm so far away from them that I take off my mask. Yes. Um, but again, that's one, we're having our second one in a couple of weeks or another, our second outdoor service. But the issue that we're running up against, and this is mostly in our house, this conversation is now this week, the FDA may approve 12 and up to be vaccinated, but mm -hmm. our kids then are excluded from worship. Right. And, and so you can't make an exception make, for the kids No. and not... Make an exception for adults. No, you can't. For, for Aunt Lucy? Yeah. Like, so if you're saying, no, the kids... Now, I do think the CDC has been very, as clear as they can be, that outdoor, we're pretty safe. Mm -hmm. like, right. Pretty and we are going to be outdoors only. And so I think outdoors... And vaccinations. Well, and I, I don't think you... Sh I, so my personal opinion, honestly, if even if we're just talking about you or me, we're, I wouldn't go so far to require vaccinated people outside, yeah. especially this summer, right? We're still, we're still getting there. You know, we're like, wait, people say are, that again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't require vaccinations for an outdoor worship. Yeah. Service. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, once we go indoors, yeah. I think that's where we need to have a discussion, but outdoors, I think that not that you can't catch it, but if you're masked and social distance outdoors, it's very unlikely. And that's according to the CDC, basically saying right. it's very unlikely. And we'll have majority people vaccinated, even if we don't require it. And you're not going to have a thousand people. You're not I even going to have a hundred people. Right. You know, it's like, going to be small. It's a mid-size gathering, right? It's yep. it's over 10 people, but it's under 100 or 80 yep. or whatever. Yep. So that's where we have come down. And that's my personal opinion but Derek and I have discussed that if if our church decides to go indoors um, before the kids can be vaccinated, they won't the kids. We won't bring them. And that's for yeah. that's actually for others protection, not so right. much even for theirs. But that's I think a, that's a parental decision that we're making. Um, but I I have a hard time talking about excluding the children in this way. And I think that that's actually where the conversation needs to start before we start talking about the adults, right? And this is and this is a hard thing, right? It's very there's, hard. there's nothing that's been easy about this and we generally don't like hard conversations. We don't like to make hard decisions. We don't we we want it easy. We want it we want it now. But but being kind and compassionate and sacrificing your needs for the needs of others that's a hard that's a hard thing but it's the right thing that's why I've, 
we had the Good Samaritan parable, right? <laughs> That's why we why we had all these all these stories about about looking out and being your brother's keeper. And if you and and I mean, can't believe I'm going to say this, but if you don't get the idea of being your brother's keeper and you don't get vaccinated or keep your ass at home when you haven't been vaccinated, then you don't belong to the church in the first place. There, I said it. No, and that's that's why I have no patience, Ogan, right? It's right. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's- Why that, are you there? It's like you and I are on such different levels about this. I don't even, I literally don't even know where to begin the conversation. And so what I, what ends up happening is I end up talking so personally mm-hmm that it sounds like attack, right? right? So I I was talking to um, a woman who is in her 60s, who is refusing to get vaccinated and who has a mother in a nursing home who has dementia, who is literally dying. And I'm like, if something happens, you won't be able to go say goodbye to your mother. Right. And I, and, and it's, I mean, and it, and, and I get personal and I get attacking and I don't mean to, but like, I'm like, I just want to shake them by the shoulders yes. and like, I don't need you, you know. to understand. Because but I love, I love what you're doing. I love what you said you're going to do, which is lead by example. If you go in, if it's time to go indoors and your kids aren't vaccinated, you are leaving them home. So you're, you're leading by example of here's how we're going to look out for how my family is going to look out for your family and and uh, i mean that's that's kind of the most we can do right to lead by example for your protection we're going to raise four little pagans who won't go to church for (laughs) god knows how long four little godless creatures (laughs) wait are they staying home by themselves is Derek going to stay with them oh you know he would totally volunteer to stay yeah i was was gonna say I was gonna say. Let's see, what time's the NFL preview? By the way, start? I would totally volunteer to stay home if I had the option. Bingo! You gonna be, you know, what? the the vaccinations are gonna become available for younger kids, and you guys are gonna be like, don't rush, don't jump ahead of the line, y'all wait, y'all no, wait. I'm I'm literally like, can I call my doctor now and get an appointment? for as soon as possible, just in case the FDA approves it. Like, no, it's I- gonna feel so good, won't it? It, I mean. And and not just for me, like my kids are like they've been anxious about this yeah. because they have had friends that have gotten it and they've seen how serious it is. And they watch and and you you all know that um clergy children are understand death more intimately than other people's children do. Mm-hmm. Maybe and again, I don't maybe they understand like, everything more. <laughs> They, under, they understand everything, but they understand how hard this has been on everybody and how scary this has yeah. been. I mean, to the point that like we haven't walked into church in 14 months mm-hmm. and just that alone, they're like, damn, this is serious. You know, they haven't been to school. I mean, they're going back now, but like school shut down, you know, th- yeah. they I think my kids get this better than any other adult. I really do. Yeah, I think sure. they know this so intimately. Um, so uh, speaking of speaking of walking into church, um, this past Sunday was the first Sunday since I yes quit and didn't have a service to record, a service to show up for, attend. And are you going to tell us how sunny it is in Philadelphia? 
and I went, I was vaccinated. I went to brunch. It was awesome. You're killing me. I'm just, I'm, these are the joys of being vaccinated, right? You know like what? You can it's, go do stuff. I did that on sabbatical. We went to brunch. We had exactly. brunch. We did the whole thing. Exactly. It All was. right. So a recent person who attended worship in person, indoors, for the first time in over a year, relayed this about his experience. It's like a small glimpse of heaven. We can't hug, but seeing people in person, worshiping in person, it's so different from singing at a television in the living room. You can feel the music, feel God's presence, be in sanctity with other believers, and have some sense of normalcy. Discuss how this extended break will impact the resumption of in-person worship services. Will such services be more appreciated? Will more people seek them out? Or do you think this will further the exodus of people from worship services who have found other ways to spend their Sunday mornings? Mm. Speaking of brunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I read ahead. So in reverse order, uh, do I think this will further the exodus? Yes. Do I think services will be appreciated and more people will seek them out yes for a period of time right because it's going to be like oh when in a few months is people will resume their usual church griping right why well, the, I the agree novelty the novelty will wear off and we will find ourselves exactly back where we were before the pandemic and the other thing i'm always on my soapbox about is until uh, we, when we resume, reopen the churches, we have to truly talk consciously about processing the grief of the pandemic years, of the pandemic year and a half, however long it is, years. Like, I, I think so many people are looking at the reopening as, ah, this is over, we can get back to thing and just skip over the how do we process psychologically physically spiritually all the grief that has been mounted upon us this last year and a half i, I don't think enough people are really beginning to pay attention to this and then if they don't what's going to happen is they're going to go back there's going to be a bit of an anticlimactic response their expectations are not going to be met and as a result, they're going to be like, this is not what I thought it would be. And there's going to be a sense of despondency that I think is further going to exacerbate the grief. So it needs to be in, in, there needs to be some intentional practices, um, um, you know, sermons, stuff around. It's great to be back. I like I agree with what he's saying, you know, about the I think yeah, small glimpse of heaven is a stretch. But the, the, the being in person with each other, there's no replacing that. You know, and it's good to be getting back to that. But there's, we've been carrying so much this past year plus, and we got to speak to that. Yeah, I guess where I resonate with the small piece of heaven is if there is, if heaven was a place, which I don't necessarily believe that it is, but if heaven was a place, there would be no isolation, right? There would be only communal love and respect and joy and and so for me that's kind of what I heard in it right is that like I'm not isolated anymore and and Ogan that speaks to the grief you're talking about this mm -hmm. like we you know isolation is 
is not it's hard it it, it we are not built for that as no human we're not beings. no no and and i i do i actually i i struggle with this of the exodus part i think a lot more people are going to be joining online even once we're back in person in yeah. general <laughs> um then i think it's going to be hard i think it's going to look a lot more like an exodus than we want it to, then it maybe necessarily is, let me put it that way. But it's gonna be really hard to walk back in that room and it not be full like it used to be or, you know, yeah. whatever, because people are watching online. Yep. At the same time, I also think there will be some people who found out in this last year that they actually weren't really in, they were faking it. You know, they went to church and they, they don't miss it. They don't miss the people. They don't whatever. And yep. they're not going to go back. And there's part of me in that, that says, then they shouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You want people there who want to be there. <laughs> yeah. I I think, uh, yeah, maybe a, a filtering out of people who really uh, value what faith communities can bring and and maybe have realized even more how much they've needed it because it hasn't been there in the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. And people are also going to miss that, um, you know, I hear this over and over and over again from communities who did like, you know, the virtual hospitality and the conversation after after the online church, the sense of intimacy that they got, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, my church, folks are like, I've learned more about my fellow congregants on Zoom in the last year than I have in the last 10 years of attending church with them. Yeah. They're, they're going to miss that. And I think that churches that are smart are gonna find some way to, you know, how do we, how do we still maintain that sense of online intimacy either in person or set up something online at a separate time or in addition to because people are going to people are going to miss that as well just as they missed the being in person they're going to miss that level of of intimacy i think yeah and i tried to think about is there a way for us to integrate those watching online with those in person we're still going to live stream i'm thinking about encouraging people to pull out their phones and pull up the service and say yep. hello, you know, like comment like they would have from home. Maybe if there's a prayer request that someone shares during our prayer request time online, they can relay that to me. So, so, they, so they still feel involved. So I think you have to be very intentional, intentional, intentional. <laughs> yes, I am happy to have through the second beer. <laughs> intentional in creating an online a fully dedicated online ministry, not just an addendum to our in life in person service, right? So what I would do is is find somebody to facilitate a Zoom yes. hospitality yeah, yeah. discussion that. Yeah. after that, right? You know, maybe it's something that you drop into for five, 10 minutes yep. uh, at yep. some point after you've, you know, done the receiving line or connected with the people in, 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 in real time. But to create that for those who who who, who crave that, who, who've grown to love that um, because of the pandemic and the people for whom that didn't really do anything for them because they want to remain anonymous they want to show up to church and and fade into the background and and 
and experience sort of their own individuality in it, which I, I got not, no arguments against that either. Like they can come to the in-person service and I wouldn't be surprised to see people showing up for the in-person service and then going to the cars, pulling out their phone and getting on Zoom and having those like intimate discussions because it's really hard to have those, you know, in a real life hospitality setting where you know food's flying and a million different conversations are happening at the same time i don't know you know it's it's interesting i never i didn't really think about this until now until you said that but like we have a small group that meets every tuesday to just check in and pray and it it actually was started for um when the lockdown started about um uh uh with people in assisted kind of living that were literally in their rooms alone right and and i'm guess i'm kind of thinking of that as like is there something kind of to um this kind of virtual setting where i i kind of feel like i had them in my home because they were every for every week now for whatever you know almost 60 weeks they've been on this screen in my room with me you know like i have an 89 year old woman that shows up religiously pun intended um every tuesday night and she's like you're my lifeline to the outside world yeah and there was a long time where that was true yeah yeah like does that suddenly all go away because in-person services have resumed right what happened to those people what happens to all the people for whom getting to church in person was either an impossibility before covid difficult before covid and because of what we've had to do during covid it's finally like this, I can experience spiritual community in a way that works for me. And now you're telling me that we can go back in person and I lose that. Right. What, what, what are we doing for those folks as well, right? We got we to gotta find that middle ground of doing both. And yes, I know that might mean that us as ministers, pastors have to work a little bit harder to create that. But but I always said that like, you know, we, we, we had that, uh, with the earlier conversation about the the movies that have the alternate timelines right yeah you know the pandemic skewed us off into this alternative timeline yeah and 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 we've got to i think embrace the best practices we've learned about doing church during COVID and and hold on to those right i mean so many so many people have found churches online (laughs) that they're now considering themselves virtual members of for sure yeah for sure and 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 the churches wouldn't have made that much of a we're not making that much of a an effort to have that sort of complete online service presence before yeah. covid right the the, the right, congregants right. for whom that works they don't deserve to have that suddenly go away church church has to become hybrid now um, more so than it did before and in many ways it's also future proofing church this is not the last pandemic right right? right. this is not going to be some last the last weird event where we might have to shut things down and by the way you know for a lot of churches it's like oh wait we can have church without the overhead expense of of a building and all that sort of stuff like why wouldn't we do that yeah the one thing i lament is that that i can never have a snow sunday again because it's like Right. Oh, because weather's bad. It doesn't mean we can't have church, Brian. <laughs> well, I, so we are a very old, traditional mainline church, right? There's not a lot of um, 
you know, Brian, you serve a new church development, you know, Ogan, you serve a, a much or served a different denomination. Like, 1974, you know, like they've been in that place. They're rooted in that place. It's, it's mm-hmm. just different. And so even as we talk about moving online as, as you are, you know, we're not going to have a designated tech person, although we could, you know, giving right. us prayer concerns, that part's fine, but like, it's, it's going to be about the sanctuary. Online worship is going to become about the sanctuary yeah. and, and live streaming is going to be, you're watching this service, you know? Yeah. And that's just the way we're going to be. And, and I, I'm okay with that. That's where we are. Right. Right. Um, but, but there's another side of this of like, but we still have the opportunity to reinvent ourselves because we are not who we were a year ago, or by the time we gather in person again, a year and a half ago, you know, um, we're doing a lot of building renovations that needed to be done you know, but we're taking the opportunity of being out of the building and doing them. And so they're going to literally walk into their old familiar place, but that has literally got a facelift, right? That has new floor, that has new, you know, paint, that has all these new things. And, And if we don't also follow that through in our language, in worship of a new world, right? Like the old world is gone and a new one has begun. If we don't follow that up theologically, we are doing a disservice to our congregations. For sure. Yep. Agreed. So this is, these are hard conversations, but we're going to lose some people. It's just going to be what happens. It is. Well, we've we've been losing people before the pandemic. (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know, you know, you know what I'm saying, For right? Sure. I, but it I feels do, like and this part of the, big and again, mystery. Part of that. Like, who's going to show up when we actually do an in-person? Like, it feels like I have no idea. What does that matter? Twenty people. But, well, honestly, be, but some of it is. Matter? So we're going to lose some people because they figured out they really didn't like church anyway, and we're going to lose some people though because they're going to be so scared to come back. Yeah. And that's the group that I'm like, if we focus on any group, let's focus on that group yes. and let's, let's minister to them anyway. Let's be in relationship with them anyway. And let's also learn that, that we've actually have a community. We, for, for this amount of time, we've had this long standing community without even ever stepping foot in the building. So let's stop counting worship attendance as who participates and let's start looking at everybody in the community. And even a old stodgy traditional mainline church can do that, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's yeah. just, it, we just have to make these decisions and we have to move forward. But I think all of that is rooted in the aut- authenticity of who we are, right? I can't suddenly become a digital ministry. That's not who my church is. No, you know, no, no, nor, nor, nor should should I, because I would do it terribly. (laughs) Maybe that's what the kids can do at home when you don't bring them to church. (laughs) Let, let, let them, let them take that over. But also my daughter said to me the other day, she goes, mom, I think I might want to be a music producer. And I'm like, that's awesome. Would you like to run the board at church? Exactly. <laughs> but but part of it also is is you we we this is this is the this is probably the biggest fear that that permeates through churches right losing congregants 
And the more we respond from a fear of losing congregants, the more congregants we're going to lose. Yes. So, 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 you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, all of that. So we've got to like pull that out of the equation. And to your point, Shannon, ask, how can we best serve? Like, how can we best serve who's in front of us? How can we best serve for the times that we are in now? How we can, how can we best serve those in need? We always got to be in that place and know that as we pivot and change and adapt to yeah. the change in times, to the change in people, to whatever, yeah, we're always going to lose some folk. We might gain some folk. Right. But the reality is, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth because the numbers bear this out. Church is just on a slow death march anyways. Whoa. So let us just make the, <laughs> Brian is you know it's true so we but we still but that doesn't mean we don't do the best we can and be the most authentic we can and who we're called to be in the time that we have i i will say it a different way because i don't i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying but i will say it a different way which is our job is to be called this is we, we are constantly living in an esther time right we are called to such a time as this Whoever comes after us will be called to that time. Yeah. We can do stuff in our moment to help the future or to harm the future, but our fu the future really isn't our responsibility. No. It's to be true to what we are called to do in this time. So I'm not going into whatever's after this to keep the church open. That's not my call. My call is to serve the people who are here in front of me, not just who show up, but who didn't show up and who are scared to show up and who's around us that might need to show up, right? Who feels isolated and alone. Like that's the difference. And if that means that we have 20 years, if that starts a clock of 20 years and there's no more church, then there's so no be it. Then so are be we it. Every, everything for a time, everything has a season. The world, we cannot do all the good the world needs, but the world needs all the good that we can do. And 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 we've got to- Somebody should put that on a bumper sticker. Listen, that's, uh, <laughs> hey, I wish I came up with that. That's actually a song somebody wrote somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing lyrics. Um, but, but that's true. We got to get away from the fear of losing congregants. We're, Absolutely. We're, we're always going to lose. A thousand percent people because because people are going to be challenged in some way we're going to create something that doesn't work for anyone else so so you know bring it full circle back to that question around you know mandating vaccines or masks or whatever we've got to do the the highest best right thing for the health of the community knowing that there are some individuals that are going to be turned off by this and that's okay because i will say to those individuals then you are not loving your community yeah if you are upset that you need to get in, i'm saying isn't it amazing when i don't have a church anymore i can just say all the things lay it out <laughs> but but if i were still at my church these i would be saying exactly the same thing to oh, my sure. board as we were we were having these discussions about what we're gonna do and i'd be the first person to say like, yes, we need to say to people, we can't mandate you being vaccinated, but please, for the love of God and for the love of your fellow parishioner, if you say you want to live in and from love, love them by getting vaccinated, love them by wearing a mask or love them by staying home if you don't want to do either. 
And the truth is, is that all three of us, whether, you know, have been saying that for a year. Yes, that's right. No one will be surprised to hear us say any of that. Nope. No, no, that you can print that. I give you permission to print that. Can in we? Your, Good, uh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> there you go. For the love of God and your fellow congregant. <laughs> as, as the very Reverend Ogan said. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your appreciation and love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests. Tune in to pre and post show banter. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And of course, a big thank you as always to our current patrons. You can listen to the show anytime on your favorite podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts, and more. You can watch us live on Wednesday afternoons on Facebook sometime Wednesday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> Is that what it's come down to now? We really don't know when. In, it's a one not knows the time nor the hour. The floating schedule. There you but, go. Time uh, is an illusion. <laughs> you can also you can also watch us later because the videos are still up. So if, even if you don't catch it live, you can watch the video later as well. And if you'd like to find or create a pub theology gathering in your town. Check out all the details at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. On Facebook, uh, Sam, Sam Chamberlain. Yeah. Like, yep, lamenting the loss of Snow Day Sunday. <laughs> You're right. If it snows, we don't have any excuse now. (laughs) Or y'all don't have any excuse now.